Hangout on Air is live whenever you're ready, Tom. Narwhals. Go back. Oh, just, okay. Go back All to right. the Canadian Labatt Blue Hovel you crawled out of. I will. That's right. I'll enjoy it. Back in the day, when people used cassettes, there was an A-side and a B-side. Now, aside from the homage to Tom's age, we got into yet another good discussion, which was completely unrelated to the topic at hand. Imagine that. So much so that we decided to turn it into another B-side. Enjoy this additional content, and keep an eye out for our next episode. Cheers! Welcome to Pint Glass Preachers. As always, I'm Tom, your host with the most, and sitting next to me is Gabe. And also sitting next to me is Josh. That's right, folks, you heard it right. We, right now, are sitting at Josh's kitchen table. We are all together for the first time, ever. And not just together for the first time to record an episode. This is the first time we have ever been together as friends. This is easily the most exciting thing to happen in our lives, maybe ever. And this means exciting things for Pine Glass Preachers too. There is every possibility the next few episodes will be the greatest thing to hit your ears since the chronic. We are going to use this special opportunity as a catalyst for bigger and better things. We know we have been a bit lax over the last few months about pumping out new content, but being together is just what we need to get us back on track, to reinvigorate the listener base, and to rise above mediocrity. We promise to record and provide content on a more regular basis. We promise to bring a better discussion to the table, and we promise to share better drink recommendations. We promise to be the pint glass preachers you want us to be. Let's get excited, folks, because we are excited. Buckle up, here we go. Whoa. Oh, did you guys did you guys just feel that? Goosebumps. Goosebumps. That, that was a, a whoosh moment. A whoosh moment? Uh-huh. What what's a whoosh moment? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, yeah, I hope I, I, I hope <laughs> I asked that in such a way that everyone knows I know what a whoosh moment is, yeah. but you know, let's set this thing up. So uh there's there's a lot of folks that, that talk about it. Um probably most Famously is, is Brene Brown in her book, Braving the Wilderness. Uh, but a whoosh moment is this idea of, of really it's about when a collection of people are together and they have a shared experience uh, that sort of overwhelms them together, that they have a sort of collectively meaningful experience that everyone is just like, wow, like, did that just happen? And so were you there too? So would this be an example? Several, several years ago. I went to the movies. I went to Star Wars Episode Two. All right, do you remember? Were this? you dressed up? I was not dressed up. Okay, I'm not that big of a dork, Josh. Anyway, in the movie, we all knew this was coming because it was in the news and whatnot. But Yoda was going to pull out a lightsaber and fight, and so it gets to the moment, and Yoda very slowly walks around the corner and very slowly reaches for his lightsaber, and then he has this epic battle. But as that's coming to a crescendo. Everybody in the movie theater, there were 300 people, it was a packed room. You could just hear going, oh boy, oh boy. And then when he pulled out the lightsaber, everyone clapped and cheered in like wild enthusiasm. Is that a whoosh That's, moment? I would say so, right? Yeah. It's That's a- like the dorkiest thing I've ever heard, <laughs> literally. Because like you're all there. I mean, do, do you guys know Yoda is going to lightsaber fight in this movie? Yes, it was purported in the news. And it was yeah, funny. so it was, you like knew it was coming and... Then it's an, a character, a small, weird, green, pointy-eared-looking character that talks funny, coming out, pulling out a lightsaber. 
and yeah. that erupts into a whoosh moment. Like I don't I don't yeah, know how that works. But think about it like this. Like if you think about the the sort of the cultural weight of Star Wars, like first of all, it's it's mainstream now, but but you look at it like throughout the years, like this is a series that has spanned decades now that has, you know, like you know, if we were to go back to the people that first saw it, like that's my parents, like, you know, like my dad saw it in the seventies when it came mm-hmm. out. Right. And then my son who's six is obsessed with it now. And so you look at the decades and the cultural weight behind that and Yoda being the central figure, it makes sense to me that in terms of like all the cultural weight that's on this franchise, that this moment that's so unique that let's be honest, we all want to see Yoda fight. Like, yeah. I mean, even it was though, exciting. Yeah. Like I get it, I get why it is. Listen, I, I get the I get the cultural weight thing. Okay, I'll give you that because it is. It's it's like got a cult following, and everything is is exactly right what you said. Where I'm confused is like typically when we think of these whoosh moments, it's like at a sporting event. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. the first time that that I heard this topic. It was when you and I were speaking at Camp Arcadia, and you described and played a video of a Liverpool match mm-hmm. where they're all singing like the Liverpool anthem at the beginning. You'll never walk alone. You'll never walk alone, and that is like the, people are like crying, they're hugging. Like that is the whoosh moment. Okay, the fundamental difference between that and what happened at the movie theater is when you're going to the soccer game. One, you're expecting that moment to happen, and two, like there is there is the foundation of other human beings. Like it's an it's an interrelational experience that creates the whoosh moment. When I go to a movie theater, yes, I'm sitting next to other individuals, but I'm watching a screen. I'm 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 expecting to be a passive observer, not to engage with the people around me. Right? I'm not gonna be like hugging and high fiving people at the movies when I show up. Like that's not. But, but that's what made it the whoosh moment is because when I go to the theater, I don't expect to, to like out loud, like have a moment with people there. I expect to be a passive watcher of this movie. And then we walk out and like, yeah, that was a good movie. Did you like it? I liked it. You know, that kind of thing. We did not, the way we didn't know how it was going to be built up and we all had the same reaction. And so that's what made it the whoosh moment. And I would say the soccer thing is not a whoosh moment. Because you go in expecting to have that. You know that when you go to a Liverpool game, that match, tilt, match. Like match. a tilt. What is this? Pinball? tilt? On tilt. No, a tilt is another word for a, a, a game. Is it really? Yeah. Okay, I've never heard that before. Since we're all together, you two talk, and I'm okay. going to dictionary this. Yeah, go ahead. So you, you can expect that. Right, right. You're gonna have this warm, fuzzy moment because you you've been to a Liverpool game before. You're going to all put your arms around each other and sing the song, and and you, you get that excitement. It's what you do the separate cheer. You, you like yeah, you're yeah. expecting it to yeah, happen. Yeah. So then, is clapping at the end of a movie a whoosh moment? No. Sometimes yeah, at no, the I, end of a movie, people just start clapping, and it's like usually one person is like, "I loved it. My kids are here," and then everyone else starts clapping. But to me, that that never fe- that feels cheap. It doesn't feel like a whoosh moment. No, no, that's not because it. At the end of something is is an expected time to clap or to right. start time. Like this was an unknown. We did not know. Like, oh my gosh, oh my, oh my gosh. Like we didn't know it was gonna happen like that. Okay, so then let me ask you this because so when I originally called you a geek because I still think it's nerdy that you guys all got so. Excited, oh, it's super nerdy. I'm not gonna argue uh, that over Yoda way. fighting with a lightsaber, but against an old man. Against but. an old man, yeah, and he like tried to throw rocks and stuff Which, too with his magical force thing that, that's going on. Kantuku has to be the worst villain of all time. Like, there's nothing exciting about him. There's nothing. It's like because at least with like the Emperor, yeah, like he was super old and, and like dead. Yeah. Oh yeah, but he like utilized the force to its full. The, yeah. the dark side of the force. Anyway, okay. Anyways, okay. Sorry, before okay. we get down the Star Wars rabbit hole, so you know. 
you're saying, Tom, that a soccer game, a soccer match, like Liverpool singular or walk alone, is not actually a whoosh moment because it is expected. Yep. You were saying the reason the Yoda thing is a whoosh moment because it wasn't expected. So let me, since we are two pastors and Tom, yep. what about like whoosh moments in worship? So my parents just went to Australia and they visited Hillsong, Sydney. Okay, wasn't it like the original? I think that's the original. The original Hillsong. Yeah. And Hillsong, like many churches, Bethel, uh, you know, what's Furtick's church? Uh, Elevation. Elevation, like, oh, <laughs> duh, Elevation, they're all about that. You know, like, there's a lot of intention mm. or seeming intention behind creating whoosh moments in worship, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so is worship in those settings then, or any setting for that matter, if, you're expect if you've experienced it maybe once, twice, three, ten times, twenty times, however long, and then you... Are, are you returning out of expectation or anticipation of of another whoosh moment in worship? Or is it only a whoosh moment in worship if all of a sudden you get caught up by the Holy Ghost and you're, you know, whooshing with yeah. those around you? Or can it be both? Or is it neither? And, and, that, and that's where I think with, sport, with sporting events or my movie experience, in your Liverpool example, I don't think the, the sitting, doing the song together and the big cheer at the beginning of the game – that's an expected thing. And you might have the warm fuzzy every time you go and do that, mm -hmm. but it's an expected shared moment. But when you come back from 5-0, 5-0, sorry. Yeah, jeez. If you come back from that, it's for, for Minnesota Vikings fan, that, that Minneapolis miracle that happened two years ago when there was seven seconds left, we had no expectation to win that game. And then that thing happened and everybody was in that together, whether you were at a restaurant or you're watching it with your family and friends. That oh my gosh, and that was all you talked about. Nobody goes the next day and say and talks around the water cooler about that song that you sung at the beginning of the game because that always happens. But you're definitely going to talk about that one thing that that was the unexpected. So I think here's the deal. Let me let me read. So with sorry. So with worship, when you go to a hill song, you expect to have that warm fuzzy thing, but it's the absolute. Holy Ghost moment or whatever you want to call that the unexpected thing that happens that's a whoosh moment oh that's interesting okay. hold on before you read this yes a minor correction to Tom's normal on point dictionary okay a tilt yes it is a historic term but it's a combat for exercise or sport between two men on horseback with lances namely a joust yeah but it can be an attempt at winning or defeating someone like winning something or defeating so you could take a tilt at the championship but the way you used it is improper I hear it all the time, though. Welcome to today's tilt between the Vikings and the Packers. I've never heard that in a broadcast in America, ever. Oh, I'm going to do my own. Okay, whatever. All right, all right whatever. Gabe, read this. Get us back so on track. So here's, here's a quote. So uh, the, the whooshing word may originate with these guys, Hubert Dreyfus and Sean Dorrance Kelly, two uh, uh, philosophers um, in the States here. And they talk about this in their, their book, uh, All Things Shining, Trying to Find Meaning in a Secular Age. And they basically end their book advocating that the way we find meaning in the secular age is through these, what they call whooshing up, uh, through these whoosh moments. And so they say this, uh, there is no essential difference really in how it feels to rise as one in joy to sing the praises of the Lord or to rise as one in joy to sing the praises of the Hail Mary Pass, the Immaculate Reception, the angels, the saints, the friars, or the demon deacons. In part, this association between sport and religion derives from the importance of community in each. That sense that one is joined with one's fellow human beings in the celebration of something great reinforces the sense that what one is celebrating really is great. Wait, 
I don't want to throw a wrench into this, but this is honestly hearing that description and talking about like singing at the at you know you'll never walk alone before a Liverpool match. Like this raises a really important question, I think. So then, is the singing of the national anthem or a national anthem always a whoosh moment? Because you could insert it is take out sport, take out church, and you could yep. insert nationalism. Yep. Right. It is. And people because like you people get always get someone you know you got the dude like belting it out next to you with an awful voice or like you know veteran crying or you know and i'm not making fun of these things but like would so then would the national the playing of the national anthem count as a whoosh moment even though it's expected because you know every single baseball football what anything in america that starts as a public function is going to have the national so i think it's a whoosh moment the day after 9-11 at the first sporting event after 9-11 i think it's a whoosh moment um uh, the time when we when we found it, it was really cool. It was a Phillies game when we killed Osama bin Laden, and they put it up on the screen, and like y- you could actually see in the crowd, you could start seeing people hear the news, people starting to bring up their phones, people starting to clap, people starting to stand up, stand up. If I'm not mis- mistaken, like they stopped the game, they made an announcement, they sang "God Bless America" or something, and like that was that shared moment. And, but now, see, and that's the, the, the unexpected. But, no, but see, here's the thing. And and this, and I hate to use this word, but sometimes that that sounds manipulative. Like, playing the, the first time the National Anthem is played at a Yankees game or a Mets game right after 9-11, like, duh, that's going to happen. Because it was, a, right. it was a highly evocative event yep. and emotionally tr- charged event, and then you're playing an emotionally charged song for many people, so that's going to happen. Yep. So, like, in the same way that I think a lot of churches are intentional, like are trying to, in the best, like putting the best construction on this, trying to manipulate any emotive response in worship, whether that's with lights or sound or ambiance or candles or, you know, well, or hymns or organs or whatever. And, and that's fine. Whether it's ma- manipulative or not, what I'm just trying to differentiate between is the, I absolutely agree, whether it's the national anthem or something like that, that like if you are sitting if you're sitting there and that, that's the expectation, whether it's manipulated or not, that's fine. But I think there just needs to be another term for when something special happens. So, I mean, we can maybe talk various levels of, of whooshing. Of whoosh. um, yeah. But is, because, it a, is it a whoosh? You because know, there seems to be scale? two facets to the whoosh. One is it unites you to a collective experience. It, so it unites mm-hmm. you to other people. So, I mean, take, for example, your Star Wars example. It's a whoosh moment, in my opinion, regardless of whether or not it was expected. It's right. a whoosh moment because, like, all of you there shared this experience, first time seeing it, and it's like this. You were probably sitting next to a person, you know, who knows? There, there's maybe a, a, a next to you is, was a guy from a, a Muslim background, and then across the way was a lesbian woman, and across the way was a Republican, and then mm-hmm. there was a Democrat, and then there yeah. was a rich person, and there was a poor. Right? So it's like this diverse thing. But what do you guys all share together? Is that your mind is blown that I mean, you all share together that you got wedgies for liking Star Wars growing up, but but you all <laughs> share together that your your mind is blown that you finally get to see Yoda, and so that yeah. beli- brings the collective together. So it is this like shared experience that connects people across uh, typical barriers uh, mm-hmm. to to humanity is is what people who advocate for like intentionally because that's the thing is like Dreyfus and Kelly would advocate intentionally seeking out whooshing moments Brene Brown would advocate intentionally seeking out whoosh moments because it unites you to other people across what you are but then there's the object that is bringing about the whoosh Mm -hmm. and so then it's to say well 
what is a worthy object of a whoosh? Is Star Wars, like, is that really a thing that that we should get that? Ex- or why is that? Why does Star Wars do that? Why does the national anthem do that? Why does the Vikings? I think I think the more important question though is yeah. if if you follow that sort of like mandate to seek out the whoosh, what happens when the whoosh never comes? What happens when the whoosh lets you down? What happens when you seek the whoosh and don't find it? Yes. Like, are there repercussions to that? Because if I seek the whoosh every time I go to church or seek the whoosh every Liverpool game and it doesn't happen, what's next? Like, what am I left with? Yeah. Do I then, does that dissuade me from seeking the whoosh in the future? Or does it make me go on some kind of crazed search to get my next whoosh fix? fix. And this is the danger of whoosh worship, right? Is like, I mean, we're, none of us are like, so it should just be organ and stuff. Like, we don't care. We're like, whatever. If you want to do that, go crazy. But like, I would prefer a harpsichord. Okay. Harp, that's, you know. Or a hurdy gurdy. Yeah. If a harpsichord was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. Yes. Uh, Timbrel and liar. Come on, people. <laughs> Let's get back to the scriptures. What, was there a harpsichord in the. No. Uh, in those days? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jesus had one on a cart. Yeah, The Jesus donkey that he rode in on was pulling a cart that had a harpsichord, <laughs> harpsichord on it. Thomas was actually the, the, the group's harpsichordist. Um, yeah. At any rate. Um, he was too busy playing a funeral dirge to yeah. actually witness the crucifixion of Christ, which is why he doubted in the first yeah, place. It's true. It's true. Um, at any rate, uh, whooshing, harpsichords. Letting down. Letting down. Whoosh, so Searching for the whoosh fix. When your faith is banks on a whoosh experience in worship. If that's the, that like, you're like, man, I really felt the spirit today. That's how I know this is real because I felt this thing. It's like, that's dangerous territory because you're not always going to feel it. And, and, it, and frankly, sometimes it could just be emotional manipulation and that's what you felt. And I don't know if that's actually the worst thing to be honest. Uh, but, but if you're banking everything on that experience, then you're, that's not a, a smart place for, for your faith to reside. Yes. I mean, but it, but it doesn't take away from it being a powerful moment, right? That's the other thing is like I've had moments in like a Lutheran church where we're yeah, and let's say a traditional Lutheran church where we're singing "Lift High the Cross," right? Like belting out, and I look around and, and there's like you know little kids and, and grandmas and like the whole mix, and we're just like man, God's joined us together doing this thing, and it's like yeah. it's surreal. So it, it's not necessarily style music, and it's not necessarily lights and sounds and all that, though those things can help. Um, but even those moments that are so profound and so beautiful, I want to celebrate those, but I'm not going to let my, my faith rest in those being, this is why this is true. Well, like in the same sense, if you go to a Liverpool game mm-hmm. and you experience the whoosh and you, and you have season tickets and you go back to the following game and you're like, great, we're singing, you never walk alone again. And you don't experience the whoosh. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you're just all of a sudden going to discard your season tickets and exactly. never go to a Liverpool exactly. match again. But... So that's your whoosh level one. But you keep going back to the games because you hope to see your favorite player score three goals. You mm-hmm. hope to see them w- win a game big or yeah. have an epic comeback. In in sports, that's what we... There's hope. the hope for the magical moment. Yeah. yeah. And like, or I'm a big American football guy. Like a game that ends 6-3 with three field goals. Like, okay, that was the most boring game ever. There wasn't a single whoosh moment. Yeah. I'm going to watch the next game because yeah. that's what we come back for. We go to the movies mm-hmm. for yeah, yeah. whoosh moments, whether it's Yoda drawing out his lightsaber or that amazing, you know, what uh, when the, that 80s movie where the, the guy comes into the 
into the factory and grabs his woman and they walk out. What was that? A few good men or... I don't know, dude. I wasn't I alive in the 80s. We were... Yeah. Oh, actually, that's like, not true. I like, guess any, I was, but I was an infant. Anything, whether it's the notebook or, or whatever. Like, we, we go back to the movies to have that moment. So we go to church and we hope to hear that great sermon. Mm-hmm. We hope that the music inspires oh, us. be disappointed. And, uh, and, <laughs> and to your point, to your point, if it doesn't happen every Sunday, okay, let's not let's not let our faith rest on the ups and downs of the music yeah. or whatnot. But that certainly enhances the experience. I, I actually, I think I disagree with that. What? Going to church, seeking out a whoosh moment, I don't know if, if I'm on board with that. Well, it's not but like I, that's but the I feel, only reason no, 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 you but go. I, no, no, I think like, no, I know it's not the only reason you go, yeah, yeah. right? But the way you were describing it, like, to, you know, to hear that great sermon or whatever, like, I think if we look at the function of the church, it's sort of, I don't want to say it's the opposite. When you get down to brass tacks, like to go participate in the elements of Christ's body, the church, for sustenance, for provision, for protection, for strengthening, right? Like Mm -hmm. after communion, you know, may this true body and blood strengthen and preserve you in the faith. You know what I mean? I think it's like the regularity and, and the and almost an expectation that things are just going to be normal. And yet, yeah. in that normality, that's what sustains. But, and if a whoosh moment happens, tight. That was amazing. But I'm not going back next week seeking out the whoosh. I'm going back next week because I know this is what is going to feed me and nourish me to continue the journey. Right. And if a whoosh happens, and, great. And that's Gabe's point. Like we, your faith has to rest on you're going to hear the gospel. You're going to receive the forgiveness of sins. And, and be in corporate worship together. Mm-hmm. That, the, the, but see, here's the problem then. If, if we get back to, and, and I'm not railing on Hillsong or Elevation or Bethel. If it's just five songs and a 45-minute sermon, then where are those grounding elements like confession, absolution, where there's a declaration of sin being forgiven, right? right? So then I'm not you're advocating. stuck looking for the whoosh moment because that's all you've got. Mm. But, but, mm. but, okay. you, but Go yes or no, you guys spend time putting together a sermon so that it, you don't just wing it. You want to have a good sermon so that people will get the message, right? Yes. Correct. You ask your worship leaders to put together good music, right? Yes. Okay. Excellence in everything. Excellence in everything, right? Yeah. We do Thanks, Larry, certain things in worship. Hillsong just happens to do it on the music side, at least, just a little better than what most churches can do or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. But like, you're not saying, oh, just do whatever. It doesn't matter because right. we have the confession absolution and right. we have the sermon and we have uh, yeah. and we have the Eucharist. So it doesn't really even matter what we do, guys. Just yeah, Jesus right. loves you. Here's some wine. Let's do it. Yeah, correct. That's why for me, I always I, I tell our staff this. I tell our leadership this. I always am holding three things in tension uh, when it comes to worship: is uh, excellence, authenticity, and simplicity. Okay, so so I do always want to pursue excellence uh, because I think God's glorified through that, and people are inspired through that. So we want to do that. Uh, but authenticity, and what I mean by that in this instance is rooted in the historic Christian faith and in the historic Christian traditions uh, uh, and, and saying, hey, this is what it is to be a Christian, is to experience Christ's body and blood, is to receive the forgiveness of sins, is to be united. So to me, in, and then with simplicity is another conversation that we don't need to get into today. But so, so to me, it's like saying, uh, and that to me is the beautiful thing of, I don't know, the Christian faith and perhaps in particular our tradition is that we can say, listen, like God does meet us in ordinary every week Jesus shows up here. Fact. And, and that's the thing. And I've, I can have a stinker of a sermon, uh, mm-hmm. which happens. 
doesn't freaking matter because Jesus still shows up. And somebody but, might have thought that that was the greatest sermon. And there. they might, right. But yeah. even if they didn't, even if everyone thought it stunk, yep. it doesn't matter to a certain degree yep. because he shows up. And at the same time, it really matters because that is what inspires people and they can feel drawn closer to God. And that's an important thing. Absolutely. You have 10 of those sermons in a row, your attendance might start flagging. A bit. That is true, though. Right now. And that's a good point. If the, if the organist is terrible, if, you're, if the music is always bad and your sermons are bad, you're not growing by leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. You're just not. And so... Right. Well, and then it's... Well, so what does that mean, though? Then are we catering to a consumer culture or do I just need to be no, better like at my I, job? No. Like, see, th this is the jump that we make all the time. We go from like, oh, we're just catering to this because it's all about Jesus Christ. Yes, it is. But like we package it. We need to... It does come in a package. It does come in a package, and we want that package yeah. to be at least somewhat palatable. Attractive. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I mean, and, and I think it's that's totally point. fair, considering, like, where we draw our traditions when it comes to work, when it comes to worship, was from a liturgical package yeah. that the early church incorporated early on based on Jewish synagogue worship, right? Yep. And then the development of, okay, what is in this package, it was always attuned to the culture around it. If that mm -hmm. meant incense, if that meant lack of music and chanting, I mean, like it's always sh been been reshaped and reformed to fit the context, so that there is a palatable package to which the the gospel can be proclaimed. The word of God can do what it does best, which is actually be mm -hmm. efficacious mm -hmm. in the the heart and mind and soul and body of a human being. So, okay. let me ask this then: Can we distinguish as Christian guys in uh, in terms of like? the whoosh of worship that can happen or cannot, whatever, but it's the mm -hmm. whoosh of worship that, that can happen. And the whoosh that, I mean, you mentioned Star Wars, you mentioned the Vikings. Like I remember like hardcore shows to me are like whoosh central where yeah. like, if I'm there, we all know the songs and we're like yeah. grabbing the mic and you're like shoving the guy out of the way and you're stage diving. It's like this whole like, mm -hmm. oh, these are my people. Like, yeah. what's the distinction in the, the whooshness there? And should we pursue whooshes mm -hmm. outside of worship? I, I say there is no distinction. I'm going to drop a big word here. We've sort of talked about it before. I actually think that that is like some co-inherence of Christ stuff. Whoa. If, <laughs> if, if, if everything it was made through Christ. And Colossians he, 1, yeah. Right? Yep. And, can, and is being made new in Christ. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then I think those are natural revelatory ways that are just conf where we are able to provide like a, a deeper, a more true meaning in that this is something beyond just a social human construct of us experiencing something amazing together, but that all things move and have their being in Christ. And so therefore, we can so, actually attribute those things to the coherence of can Christ. You, can you, I, I want to believe you. Can you though, because I think there's danger there. In Most that, certainly, like, like, it, take like it becomes a, idolatrous. No, well, it can become idolatrous. Take like a, a an overly militaristic demonstration in which the people of this country and maybe this and their their military is maybe doing not good things, uh, and and but they have the big parade, right? I mean, sure. I don't want to jump to the Nazis, but like, I no, guess we can I use will. like North Korean missile North, parades. North Korean or... missile parades. You have to imagine the people there are like, this is us. Like here we are together. This is amazing, and that they have a whoosh experience. For a dark thing, so so what what where does the co what's the word you use coherence coherence of Christ that can't possibly be the coherence of Christ can it? Um, no, but like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't call a whoosh moment at Liverpool or a whoosh moment in the grocery store or at the movie theater like 
the like essentially the coherence of Christ, but I think they can be used to point to something beyond just um, a sense of unified amazement, pride, excitement, or whatever. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like in the same way, we would say like this is this is a whole natural revelation versus uh, re- you know like actual re- revelation of Jesus Christ is we can stare at the sunset and say, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. Yeah. What's behind it? Yeah. You're not gonna come to faith looking at the sunrise mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but when you come to faith and say oh i know the god who created that sunrise and sustains that sunrise every single day then it takes on a deeper level of meaning and a more uh, a, a more real like the realist of real sense a more true sense yeah and so if, if you're so let's just play that the darkness right of a of a military parade in an let's just say an atheistic agnostic country you're like this is us right mm-hmm. you come to faith you come into the church and you experience a whoosh moment mm-hmm I felt that before. Now I felt it in its truest sense. In its truest sense. Or mm-hmm. found its found its found its source. It's the the source, the meaning of its truest sense. Or or even I think that's what I was trying to say. I get what you're saying. Well, yeah. you all start all things come from Christ, all this earth and everything in it, it yeah. comes comes from God. And so we certainly see in non-church things, sunrises and everything that we do can be provided by Christ. Sin gets in the way of that and perverts it in some way, shape, or form. The the mil- military parade, that, that could be a good thing, but it just kind of depends on the country that's doing it, right? I mean, the national oh, anthem, and, that's and the same. Maybe, like, yeah. Right, right, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, but, like, we as humans, looking through the scope of everything created by Christ, like, every time we cook a meal, we want it to be the best meal that, we, that we've had, you know? We're, we're not sitting there cooking and just saying, well, I'm just hoping this, I, I'm well, just... You know, I don't know. We, we microwaved want... an egg bake this morning. I wasn't expecting that to change my hey, life. But the egg no, bake was, was made with care. It was and good. And out of love for my family, and particularly my wife, because she loves those things. No, but we no. ate all of it. I'll make her another one. All right. I'll make you another one. <laughs> but, but as humans, I think our general our general focus is like, man, I hope this really turns out. I hope this is good. Yeah. Um, we go to a game. We hope something good happens. We go look at a sunset, and we hope that it's a beautiful sunset. We might get a whoosh moment. We might not. We're going to stride for it the next time. So you're you know? rooting the whoosh in hope, it seems yeah. like, right? right? Yeah. Which, once again, I think goes back to how we can connect whoosh moments in just quote-unquote secular environments with whoosh moments that happen in the church and how ultimately that helps point to its truest sense, which is, right, Christ. Because let me add to this. Sorry, I know. It was like a great way to end it, but now I have more things to say. Uh, it's like... You, this is what we see the culmination of all things is, though, right? Is that it's people of all tribes, of all nations coming together, that the new Jerusalem descends on this mm-hmm. earth, and that God brings his people together, that the, the, the streams coming from the city of God bring healing to the nations. Yeah. Uh, and so there is a way in which, uh, man, even if it's a dark object that people have this whoosh feeling towards, that if you focus on what that whoosh is, it is actually pointing towards the ultimate hope, the ultimate future, the ultimate um life that we're looking towards. I mean, really, when Jesus returns, the resurrection of the living and the dead will be the great and final whoosh Whoosh. moment. Whoosh. Whoosh, there it is. Whoosh, there it is. Whoosh, there it is. Tom hates his life because Dave and I are singing. Every time. I want to bring something on this, and this was a very simple Google search, right? And this is just the top four or five things. Mitchell Clinton previews tonight's tilt between the Atlantic Division. Oh, Checkers gets reinforcements me. for tonight's tilt. To catch tonight's thrilling women's basketball tilt. 
Pittsburgh oh, Riverhounds on, on Twitter. Ahead oh, of Pittsburgh Riverhounds! Yeah, ahead of tonight's tilt. Washington Capitals on Twitter. You're starting goalie for tonight's tilt. So I could go on and on, Josh. Yeah, I mean, but... tilt just seems like tip-to-tip jousting. That's <laughs> <laughs> We're out, everybody. Deuces. Deuces.